you're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and ForFame.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special updated podcast on Mercury Retrograde, the truth about Mercury Retrograde. This is an important update that I'm sharing with all of you. It is Wednesday, which is said to be the day that Mercury has ruled for ages in terms of the days of the week. And the reason I'm sharing this with you at this point is I wanted to, uh, with Mercury about to make another retrograde cycle, on January 14th, today is Wednesday, January 12th, and in two days, Mercury will go into reverse as it does every several months. So I wanted to make some comments here that I hope will inspire you and give you extra illumination about Mercury and why this entire focus over so many recent years now is inappropriate uh, about Mercury retrograde being detrimental, negative, and bad. I'm not saying that This is put out by all astrologers now 100%, but um, as I will share in a few few minutes, um, as astrology has evolved uh, since I started, which was 50 years ago, this coming summer was when I got my first astrology book, Astrology, the Space Age Science, near the solstice of 1972, and I then began my practice in astrology the following year in 1973 in New York City. So through all these different podcasts, there are now 92 in the Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope podcast section. So in a moment, I'll direct you to the truth about Mercury retrograde, which is about an hour and 20 minutes. It was podcast number 25. I created it last year, and I've referred to it several different times, and I'm going to refer to it again for many reasons. So um, what I want to share is is that uh, this is usually a subject, um, if you've been tuning into the Mark Lerner Astrology Radio podcast, all 90, 91 of them, 92 of them, um, about to happen, I often will veer off and talk about Mercury retrograde, that it isn't a bad time, it's not negative, it's not detrimental, and that there are extraordinary activities, uh, particularly when not just Mercury, but any planet goes retrograde, and so I'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, What I wanted to add here is that I want to focus a little bit on, I don't know how many of you get what's called uh, Llewellyn's 2022 Daily Planetary Guide, and I buy this every year. These are kind of uh, places where you can put notes in and you can see the different aspects um, from January to December each day, and it's all in the astrology's type of code, and I use this in order to create the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, calendar with a K the app that is now available for iPhones and Android phones. And I've had this at, it was the center of Welcome to Planet Earth newspaper magazine for the 20 years from 1981 to 2000. And it's now 40 years of having this and now it's an app. So I, I'm going to connect what I'm about to say here with the cosmic calendar um, because it's really important that everybody out there who listens, if you can, for free, one day at a time, you should have Mark Lerner's daily astrological calendar, again, calendar with a K. So I'll refer everybody back to all of that in a moment on the Great Bear Enterprises website. Okay, so again, um, you can listen to these podcasts in different places, Apple, Spotify, and so on. 
but it's only at www.greatbearenterpriseswithans.com where the Mark Learner Astrology Radio podcast section is. Now back in 2021, I recorded an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but it's in the list, okay, there. And we also have folders um, on greatbearenterprise.com. If you go into the Astroscope section, you will find the truth about Mercury Retrograde. And you can listen to that if you haven't listened to it. If you have listened to it, I advise you to listen to it again. Because what I did in that particular podcast was I referred back, and I will read again from an introduction that I wrote in the November-December 2000 uh, Planet Earth magazine, January 2001, the last issue, the last issue we ever published. And I'm going to get into this in a few minutes one more time, because this is right at the beginning of the year 2001. We stopped publishing for a whole bunch of reasons. And then I did more things online and different websites over the last 20 years. But I wrote a very interesting author's note from page four of that particular magazine. You'll see the cover of that magazine, which has, it's really a, a an amazing cover of a young person wearing the winged helmet of Mercury on a skateboard with the symbol of Mercury with the Zodiac on the cover. So that's only in the folder for Podcast 25 on the GreatParentEnterprises.com website in the Astroscope section. you got to open up the folder so you can see this image, the truth about Mercury retrograde. And it gave also the three places in the Zodiac, which were Aquarius, and Gemini and Libra as the primary air signs that Mercury was making its retrogrades in, in the Zodiac. It's this really cool cover, but updated so that we tune into the, the modern times of the beginning of the 21st century and so on. Now, Mercury, also known as Hermes in Greek mythology and going back to ancient Egypt, Mercury is an incredibly significant planet that's underrated in terms of when we think about Jupiter and Saturn, the two largest planets, the discovery of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto with their 84-year, 165-year, and 247-year cycles, plus the asteroids, which I share about all the time, the four main ones, because my teacher, uh, my main female teacher, Eleanor Bach, was the one who came out in hardcover in 1973, and I was fortunate enough to go to her home in New York City, and she's the one who brought to our attention Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, the four main asteroids. And these were discovered from 1801 to 1807. And they balance out the solar system so that instead of having too much of a male chauvinist energy of Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, Mercury, Mars, uh, only Venus is the only planet that is feminine. The moon is our, a satellite. It's not necessarily, a, it isn't a planet, although it has a lot of feminine energy. So by discovering these asteroids, which were given connection to goddess names and energies, Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, we balanced out the solar system. And that's, I've been on sort of this, this ride, this trip, um, this voyage, because of my great teacher, Eleanor Bach, who passed away in 1995, but who wrote a whole bunch of things about the main asteroids. Now, this is this particular update is about Mercury retrograde, and this has been my pet peeve. So at any rate, you can tune in to not only the cover by opening the folder, which is the truth about Mercury retrograde on our website. You'll also see the charts for the New York Times, which was founded on September 18, 1851, and the United States, July 4th, 1776, our Declaration of Independence. In both of those charts, Mercury is retrograde. I repeat, Mercury retrograde 
when, as uh, the former president, Donald Trump, used to talk about the failing New York Times, it has been in existence since September 18, 1851. By the way, I just went back and looked at the first cover of that, and it was actually called New York Daily Times, where New had a hyphen with York. New York Daily Times was the name of the New York Times at the very beginning. And if you, you look at the facsimile of the cover, it actually explained that there was a morning edition, then there was an evening edition. And you know how much it cost? One cent. One cent for the original New York Times, September 18, 1851. And there's a whole lot of stuff I may share about this in this podcast. I've, I've looked again at the chart for the New York Times, aside from Mercury Retrograde, so many positions in that chart connected to the United States birth chart and so many other things. Um, the New York Times has won 132 Pulitzer Prizes, among other things. So many people in the United States have always considered the New York Times, and it's not just because I'm from New York, to be the best overall newspaper in the history of the country. And I think that can still be said at this particular point. That's just my personal and humble opinion. Other people might say Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, some other newspaper, St. Louis Dispatch. There are so many different fantastic papers in the United States. So um, part of my reasoning here is I, uh, what I did was, in the truth about Mercury Retrograde, what I also did was not only refer back to these articles that I originally wrote, as I'll explain before, in the Libra 1994 Welcome to Planet Earth and the Gemini Cancer 1995 um, editions, those editions, which are now, what, 30, let's see, 6, 27 years ago and 26 years ago in Welcome to Planet Earth was when I was articulating the articles, The Truth About Mercury Retrograde, and that's what I read in The, the Truth About Mercury Retrograde for an hour and 20 minutes um, when I did that particular podcast that hopefully you'll listen again to, or if you never listen to it, you will listen to it because we're getting another Mercury Retrograde. And what I've been feeling for a long time is a lot of, I'll just be quite frank about it, anger and disappointment in the astrology community. I'm not blaming Llewellyn, although they have had their calendar, beautiful wall calendar and the Daily Planetary Guide. And I use that all the time. And Kim Rogers Gallagher, who does a fantastic job, and she wrote for Welcome to Planet Earth, and she does a lot of the introduction here. And, and there's a whole section on retrograde planets, which is quite clear and inspiring and intelligent, page 23 of the current Llewellyn calendar. But I'm going to get into something in a moment about what's called Mercury and its storm and its speed of motion and a few other things that are notations in uh, the Daily Planetary Guide. And this is the kind of thing which is new. It is not something 50 years ago. There was nothing called the Mercury storm. There was nothing called uh, like it's slowing down and therefore we have to be extra cautious and so on. I, I, I want to be clear about something. Retrograding planets are important and they're not bad and they're not negative. And you can hear what I shared in that particular podcast about why I believe they are not negative. But what's happened is, is that a thought form, if we think of how esoter the esoteric world is, thought forms are not necessarily realities. They have a lot to do with a kind of glamour and illusion on what we might call the physical, the etheric, and the astral planes of existence, where something gets taken, which may not be true at all, but then it gets widespread, and then everyone starts believing that that's the way it actually is. So 
I can't stand here and say, look, I know 100% that every single retrograde is going to be positive. But what I'm trying to do is explain that the way we are starting to think about this and getting into a kind of rock solid thing of explaining every couple of months when Mercury stops, makes a station, goes retrograde, which happens between 20 and 24 days, fundamentally in terms of Mercury and its entire motion, it's only retrograde about 16 to 17% of the time. But because in astrology, we, we, we make an assumption, and this is important, we make an assumption because the sun and the moon are always going forward, and Mercury and all the other planets have different retrograding cycles. We make an assumption that forward motion in the zodiac is positive and retrograde motion is negative. This kind of black and white, yes and no way of looking at things, ironically, because Mercury is said to rule an air sign Gemini and an earth sign Virgo, Gemini, the first mutable changeable sign, is ruled by Mercury. And the reason that this focus on Mercury going retrograde has become so detrimental is if you think it through, Mercury has so much to do with almost everything in our lives, learning, words, language, communication, business, health, Mercury, and its symbol of the caduceus is the symbol of medicine. Um, so our health, in particularly related in the sign Virgo, Mercury ruling Gemini and Virgo, as I've shared before, and I think in the Mercury uh, podcast I did, it's amazing to think that we all go to school, at least the tendency in this country is to go to school after the summer. We go to school fundamentally in the time that Mercury, uh, the Mercury ruled sign of Virgo, which is in September after Labor Day. This is the time period after the sun is in Leo when the sun goes into Virgo, which is ruled by Mercury, and we start our school system. And fundamentally, after a nine-month pregnancy-type cycle, if you think it through, after nine months, what happens is before the summer, then the sun enters Gemini, and this is when school concludes. So the, our school year is so tied into the sun signs, Virgo starting in the fall, Gemini in the spring, those are the signs that Mercury rules. So Mercury rules learning and education and communication has so much to do with mathematics. When we think of astrology and charting, and for instance, when I did this 50 years ago, there were no computers. So the astrologers of my time and of decades and centuries before, you had to spend an enormous amount of time, hours, hours, creating the astrology natal chart and if you were going to do progressions and transits, transits with whatever information you had, and again, when you go back 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, certainly hundreds of years ago, we didn't even know Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto existed. We didn't discover Chiron until 1977. The outer planets that I've often shared about, Sedna, Eris, Quaor, so many of these other ones, other centaur bodies beyond Chiron, like Pholos um, and Shariklo, uh, th then there are the all sorts of other asteroids beyond Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta. There's Hygieia, there's Psyche, and dozens of other ones. So we have a whole fleet of different celestial bodies out there. But what's happening, for instance, um, in all of this, let me give you an example of, this is a recent thing. I just want everyone to know, when I got into astrology and I was laboriously using what are called logarithms and all kinds of mathematical techniques, 
to create a, a person's natal chart, which would take a couple hours. Okay, I'm, I'm being honest, a couple hours on a blank sheet of paper, you'd have the 12 houses there and you could color it however you want and you draw in different aspects with different colors, the aspects being conjunctions, oppositions, squares, trines, sextiles, and so many other things with different colors. And you wanna make sure that the symbol for the sun, the circle with the point, or the crescent moon or Mercury with its crescent and circle and cross, and that you drew the symbol of the sign it was in and that you got the degrees exactly placed right. All of this took a lot of work. And as you were doing that, you were beginning to interpret in your mind and visualize the person who you'd be doing the chart for, the reading for, whether it be a client. Uh, again, you can go to my website, Great for Enterprise. I do seven different times of consultations in case you want to order that. We have all of our astrology reports that are sent to people who order them as attachments to email. They're all in the astrology shop. We've got fantastic reports, Skylog, Sky Within, Timeline reports, Four Asteroids and Chiron, the birthday report, all of these other things. And I, and I wanted to mention here, um, there is no magical Swiss bank account that has ever existed in all these decades of what I've been doing online and Welcome to Planet Earth. We, we sort of uh, rise or fall based on every one of you listening and passing the word to other people to order these different things, including our classes, the classes I created back in 1986, 87, 88, that are now MP3 files and uh, on the website at an incredibly low rate. I think it's $189. They used to be $750. And again, the Cosmic Calendar, which is free one day at a time, and I'll talk more about that at the very end, you can subscribe to that so you can look into the future, two, three, four weeks into the future and become your own astrologer. Okay, well, on page 90 and 91 of the new Daily Planetary Guide for Llewellyn 2022, because Mercury is about to go stationary and go retrograde two days from now on Friday, uh, January 14th. Ironically, Ceres, the largest asteroid, which is currently in a conjunction with Sedna and the North Node. If you go to my different podcasts, podcasts 90 and 91, um, I start sharing about this. This is very active all of this month, by the way. Ceres, Sedna, and the North Node of the Moon. So tune into podcasts 90 and 91 for more about that, as well as in Global Hotspots, the complex section on the website on the new moons and full moons. And for the next full moon, and then uh, which is on January 17th, I share. I will be sharing more about Ceres, Sedna, and the North Node being conjunct in late Taurus, um, which is near the Pleiades constellation. It's incredibly awesome, and it's a very unusual rare cycle, and that will still be in effect when the Chinese Lunar New Year and the next new moon, which is in Aquarius, happens on January 31 and February 1. Well, at any rate, what is bothering me here um, about what's called this note, okay, now these notes are not given for any other planet when it's slowing down making a station, going retrograde. So for instance, Venus just went retrograde back in December and it made two conjunctions with Pluto and, and Venus is still going retrograde until January the 29th. So for instance, I'll, I'll read you the notes here, but when you get to January 29th on Saturday and it says Venus direct, it just shows Venus, the, the symbol of Venus with the letter D, which is a direct symbol. There's no storm as it's slowing down. There's no Venus note in here. There's no Venus note. Well, there's a storm uh, relating to Venus before and after because it's slow and so on. Only for Mercury is this happening. Why? 
There are many reasons, but Mercury, as I said before, it's so omnipresent all of our lives because the five senses, communication, learning, education, the alphabet, as I said before, everything that sort of we perceive through the five senses, so much about our voice, our words, our language, our give and take, our medical uh, world, particularly with the pandemic and so on. So what's developed in, in a guide like the Llewellyn Guide, this was probably in Jim Maynard's guide, which was another one of these, and there may be a whole bunch of other uh, astrology groups, and I don't know if they're all doing the same thing, but I've noticed this happening before. So on page uh, 90, it says near the top, Mercury note in bold, and then it says Mercury enters its storm, parenthesis, moving less than 40 minutes of arc per day, close parenthesis, on Monday, which is January 10th, that's two days ago, as it slows down before going retrograde, the storm acts like the retrograde, not favorable to start new projects. Just follow through with the items that are already on your plate. Write down new ideas with date and time they occurred. Then you see on page 91 at the top, um, Mercury note, Mercury goes retrograde on Friday, January 14th, and remains so until February 3rd, after which will still be in its storm, this is the important word, until February 9th. Projects initiated during the entire period may not work out as planned. It's best to use the time for reviews, editing, escrows, and so forth. Now, fundamentally, it's wise to share that because when planets go in reverse, just the whole idea of the, the word retrograde begins RE. The word um, review, reflect, these are all read, to do things over again, to be extra careful about when things are happening. The way I see it, however, is, is that what we have to draw a distinction is just because Mercury, or in this case Venus, which is currently retrograde, or any planet later in the year will have Mars retrograde. Mars only goes retrograde about every two years. It's going to be going retrograde for approximately 80 days. Currently, in the progress chart of the United States, and I shared this back with so many people in 2006 when George Bush Jr., as I call him, was president, and I put out all these warnings on my on my website that Mercury was going to, excuse me, that Mars was going to go stationary in the progress chart of the United States. It had never done that, and Mars has so much to do with war, not that it always has to be negative. Mars can be courage and leadership, the muscles of the body and all kinds of sports energy and so many other things that are positive. But when Mars is negative, it can certainly represent volatility and brashness and too much ego and going off kilter and particularly in terms of battle and wars. So um, I, I warned whoever was listening on my uh, various uh, online areas because the magazine had ended that in 2006 in the progress chart of the United States, Mars would stop. It's basically in the area of Libra at about 18 degrees. And because this is a progression, the normal 80-day cycle of Mars going retrograde, which it does every two years, in terms of transits, which would happen for 80 days, almost three months that Mars would be retrograde, this would be happening for 80 years because in progressed analysis, in this particular progress system, each day after birth is equal to a year of life. So we're currently, since 2006, the United States, for the last 15 to 20 years, we've had Mars retrograde in the progress chart for the United States based on the Declaration of Independence. That's 16 years in the progress charts. There's another um, 64 years of Mars being um, retrograde. Now, the question is, 
is retrogradation bad and negative or could it be positive? And also when planets are going retrograde, do we have to make an assumption or do we assume that retrograde means they're moving backward or could it mean that they are moving inward? So to me, the retrograde motion of a planet, whether it's Mercury, Mars, Venus, and so on, is more is explaining the idea that now the, the principle and the keynotes and the archetype of, of whatever the planet is, is more profound, it's more inner. In other words, Mercury going retrograde, and, and the other reason I feel that it is it should not be seen as negative is, again, we're making an assumption that when planets go forward, that's good. That's positive. That's the way it should be. Everything should be moving forward. It's a kind of psychological thing. Uh, for instance, again, why do we say things like we use the term, whatever it is, is going south. Astrology itself has been developed mostly in the northern hemisphere. Why do we use a term? Why has it become a colloquial or idiomatic term in English when we say, well, that, that project went south? we had this agreement and it went south. We Do people say it went north when it's good? No, when, th when things are good, wow, you know, thumbs up, fantastic. Uh, everything's been amazing. We use these different phrases. But when something is retreating or it's negative or it went through a black hole, we often will, will use a term that the whole thing went south. Now, this is a whole other kind of thing, but it gives you an idea of what I'm referring to here. We shouldn't make an assumption that just because celestial bodies like the sun and the moon, the two main lights, which are the foundation in many ways of astrology and the phases of the sun, the moon, the new moon, the full moon, the quarter moons, and all these other things. There is an assumption which we should not accept that when planets are going forward, and this includes all the other ones, remember Jupiter tends to go in reverse four to five months every year. And all the planets from Saturn outward, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and all the planets, whether it's Chaos, Sedna, Eris, Quaor, Ixion, so many of these outer planets in our own solar system, they're all going retrograde for at least half the year, almost half the year, five months out of the year. That's an enormous time period. So again, these notations, which are helpful about Mercury, we're isolating Mercury and we're sort of make, making Mercury the poster boy for the negativity and the fear. This is the important word. We should not be afraid of Mercury going retrograde. That, that somehow we're thinking, okay, Mercury is sort of in this loop now where it's not working with the sun and the moon. It's not working with all the other planets. Now, in certain months, we get multiple retrogrades. Again, the irony here is, um, in a couple of days, which is January 14th, throughout the astrology community, in general, I'm not saying everybody, some people may be thinking along the lines I'm thinking here, that Mercury should not be isolated. We should not, not sort of put it as a focal point of negativity or fear. What I don't like about all this is, um, for instance, it's not just, I mean, this is a, a good statement. Uh, I don't know whether this was written by Kim or somebody else with Llewellyn about Mercury uh, going retrograde January 14th until February 3rd, it will remain in its storm. And I wanna get into the thing about the storm, which apparently the, the idea is uh, the storm means it's moving slower than it normally moves and moving less than 40 minutes of arc. Just so you know, Mercury at its maximum speed 
is about two degrees plus, maybe two degrees and 15 minutes a day. Mercury is the fastest moving planet. Not as fast as the moon, which again isn't a planet because the moon is so close to the earth within 215,000 to 235,000 miles. We have, the, the moon can move between about 11 degrees and 15 degrees in a day. Okay, that the moon does have different speeds based on whether it's at perigee, its closest point to the earth each month, or apogee. And so that's another whole factor in astronomy. Some people, when you're listening to me, you may not know, do you have a fast moon or a slow moon? Well, I as an astrologer, other astrologers can tell you whether you're born exactly, what's the rate of motion of the moon? Same thing with Mercury. So now here, somehow this idea that there's a storm, when I got into this, Decades ago, nobody was ever referring to this. I don't know who invented this idea. I don't think it was Kim or or anybody else. It may have been Jim. There's a person who passed away, bless his soul, who used to write for Llewellyn and with a lot of interesting thing about opportunity periods and so on. My concern here is that just because a planet is moving slowly, the implication is because Mercury is only moving at 40 minutes of arc or less than its top speed and it's slowing down to go retrograde or later on when it goes direct. Again, there's another warning there in these notes um, uh, where it says, well, Mercury's going to be retrograde until February 3rd, after which it will still be in its storm until February 9th. In other words, six more days will go by after Mercury goes forward, but the, the inclination here in this idea of a storm period is, but be cautious again because it's not moving so fast. Well, when a planet is stationary, okay, this is the other thing that's not mentioned at all. And through my, particularly Dane Rudyar, who was my main male teacher, when I got into astrology and I read the Astrology of Personality, which by the way was published by Lucis Publishing Company, where I worked before I went to Finhorn. This is back in the mid to late 1970s. So when Dane Rudger actually hit age 41, he was born in 1895, his book came out, which is the book that turned me into a professional astrologer because I read it backwards and forwards and took about 40 pages back and forth of yellow line notes and wrote from his book and then memorized all of that from the astrology personality. He was only 41 years old and he wrote the astrology personality because he was close with Alice Bailey, who was the main female teacher who received all of this guidance from the Tibetan Master DK. Again, if you go to the website, you'll see a, um, a promo for lucistrust.org, and I advise everybody to go there, lucistrust, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T.org, for free information, bookmarks, brochures, and getting into the about 24 different kinds of books, esoteric astrology, esoteric psychology, um, a treatise on white magic, a treatise on cosmic fire, so many different books that are absolutely fantastic, all kinds of wonderful things. So my concern here is, first of all, who came up with the idea of a storm? Why would the slowing down of Mercury be a negative thing? And what's forgotten here that, again, Dane Rudyard taught me, particularly when I got into getting into astrology in the beginning, is there's no mention here of the power of, of Mercury being stationary. This is the thing that's overlooked. The same thing with Venus going direct, as an example, in the month of January or January 29th, it just says Venus with the letter D. Now, you're gonna, this is where notes should be given whenever Jupiter stops to go retrograde or stops to go direct. Same thing with Saturn, same thing with Ceres and the asteroids. 
by the way, the asteroids uh, are not given in here in the Llewellyn Guide, which is another thing that's in the cosmic calendar that I do. Ceres, Pallas, Juno, and Vesta, the monthly moon conjunctions with the asteroids and some of the other alignments that I'm constantly sharing, including, by the way, parallels and contraparallels, which are in the cosmic calendar. And parallels are calculated not through the zodiac or the ecliptic, which is the Earth-Sun connection, but through the celestial equator and planets moving north and south. So there's more than one system that's used in astrology. And what's being forgotten a lot is declination or parallels and contraparallels. They're in the cosmic calendar, but you will not see them in the Llewellyn Guide. Not that, you know, they have to do that. They certainly don't have to. If you get into Neil Mickelson's The um, American Ephemeris, particularly, which is, they have a 10-year uh, guide that goes from 2020 to 2030. It's actually, I think, 11 years. Um, and that has an enormous amount of information on each page about parallels and contraparallels. And they also include the stations of Ceres, Pallas, Juno, and Vesta, as well as Chiron. Now, the Llewellyn Guide does include Chiron, okay, in its alignments, but it doesn't include Ceres, Pallas, Juno, and Vesta. And I think that's a real failing because these are the goddess asteroids, and they were discovered from 1801 to 1807. And even through... Um, the Czech Republic, when they demoted Pluto, even though astrologers have never done that, and they said Pluto should be a dwarf planet, they raised, at least in their way of doing it, Ceres, which is round, okay, it's the biggest asteroid. Ceres is exactly where we should be finding a planet, according to Bode's law, in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. And then, again, that was 1801, January 1, 1801, discovered of from an observatory in Sicily. So Ceres, the Earth Mother energy, Pallas Athena, the daughter archetype, Juno, which is the partner archetype, and Vesta, which is the sister archetype, these are extraordinarily important. Yet they're nowhere to be found here. But my concern is a, a term called the storm about Mercury. Now, Mercury does have a lot to do with weather. I f refer to this a lot. The winter solstice has just happened, and I did uh, an article about that in Global Hotspot. We have Mercury conjunct Juno. And Juno, when it's negative, when it's positive, Juno as an asteroid can represent peace and harmony and tranquility and uh, love and empowerment and relationship. But when it's negative, okay, every single celestial body, Mercury included, Venus included, they can be negative if we don't utilize them well. But just simply because a planet is retrograde doesn't mean that it's negative. And this is the thing that I see happening. By the way, I, sh I, I shared this in a particular podcast. On a recent episode... Well, at least in the last year or so, or a couple of years ago, in Chicago Fire, one of the um, the trilogy. In fact, they're going to be on tonight. Chicago Med and Chicago Fire and Chicago um, uh, Police. Okay, on one of the shows on Chicago Fire, one one night, I happened to be watching it myself. It was on TV, and before they even had the title of Chicago Fire. One of the female characters, the writers had made her say, due to problems that we're having in Chicago re relative to fire or communication hangups, they had a female character through the writers say, Mercury retrograde. And when she said it as if she knew that this was why the fires and the problems were happening was because Mercury was retrograde, the other person in the film looked like, what? What are you even talking about? Then they never explained the whole thing. By the way, in a current commercial that I just saw in the last week, for Taco Bell, they have two girls or two women 
having bur tacos and burritos, it's like a 10 second commercial. And one of them is criticizing another one because she's a Virgo or says, because you're a Virgo and the way you're eating your thing. And the other person after hearing that criticism says, you're only saying that because you're a Libra. Well, we're in danger now of trivializing astrology in this way. Astrology has grown and evolved because we have computers, we have software. It's fantastic for me and other astrologers to be able to put somebody's birth information in one of the software programs. Thank goodness we have these and we can create a natal chart, a progress chart, transits, bywheels, all kinds of things, lists of things. It's fantastic to have these techniques. But the shadow side of all that is when, if I go back to when I started, where laboriously and carefully I would create a natal chart, transits and progressions before doing somebody's consultation in person. And I would be spending several hours tuning in, visualizing, meditating on Sun, Venus, Mercury, and again, one of the things about Mercury and Venus is if you get into the classes, the 36 one-hour classes, the School of Planetary Studies, in the intermediate series, which is number 16 of all the classes, I focus on Mercury and Venus. And as I've been sharing in recent podcasts here, uh, podcast 90 and 91, particularly about Venus rising ahead of the sun called Lucifer or Venus behind the sun or setting after the sun called Hesperus, Mercury can be either rising ahead of your sun, and it's called Prometheus, uh, based on the two brothers from Greek mythology, Prometheus actually means foresight, and the other brother was known as Epimetheus, which is more of hindsight. Now, if your Mercury is rising ahead of your sun, it's Promethean, which has a whole bunch of meanings. And again, if you listen to the podcasts about the truth about Mercury retrograde, that's all in the articles. I explain that so that, that you can look at your birth chart and say, wait a minute, my Mercury is rising ahead of the sun. That has to do with foresight. It's different than if Mercury is behind my sun, which is hindsight, which is Epimetheus. Okay, so I don't like the fact that somebody, I don't know who it was, invented a term storm, which has negative connotations. When somebody says it's storming out, whether it's a snowstorm, whether it's a rainstorm, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tornado, a storm implies chaos, unsettled conditions. So if I were in charge, which I'm not, of the Llewellyn calendar and other calendars, I would revise all of this writing. I And I would like this term to be eliminated. Um, plus, we are making assumptions that forward motion is positive and that retrograde motion is negative. We can't allow ourselves to think about that. The other reason this is all important is astrology is not all geocentric. We know that the planets are not actually going retrograde from the sun's standpoint, and the Earth is a part of the solar system. So what we have here, for instance, as an example, and this is really crucial for me to, to, to share this, is that it, unless you get Mercury to go retrograde, as an example, which is going to happen on January 14th, every time that Mercury goes retrograde, then we have what is called a Sun-Mercury inferior conjunction. Inferior doesn't mean bad. That's the astronomical term when Mercury is closer to the Earth um, and it's between the Earth and the Sun. And that's going to happen on Sunday, January 23rd. Now, you'll notice in the in uh, the Luang calendar, if you have it, there's no note, there's no emphasis, nothing. There's nothing there. It just gives the exact time, 2.29 a.m. Pacific time, 5.29 a.m. It's in Aquarius. This is a very significant moment, and there's four of these every year. This is what Dane Rudyard and his colleague, 
Dr. Mark M. and Jones referred to as a new Mercury, just like a new moon happens every 29 days, 29 and a half days. And we, we have the start of a new sun and moon cycle. The point of retrograde motion is that it changes the connection of the Earth with that planet and the sun. And that has to do with the Earth as part of the solar systemic world. And this is what we're forgetting when we overly emphasize things like Mercury going retrograde or it's entering a storm or because it's slowing down, we are assuming that that's bad. And there's no mention of the importance of the day itself when Mercury actually is stationary. On January 14th, it just says Mercury retrograde as if, oh, warning, Mercury's going retrograde. There's no mention of the fact right there stationing it's there's a stop sign when when a planet is not moving at all its power for good or ill or in between is maximized this is these are the things that should have notations not to use a term like storm that it's bad um in fact again the term here in one place the storm acts like the retrograde and then it says not favorable to start new projects well that implies that retrograde is bad the storm which has a negative connotation. Look, I've been doing editing and writing. When I do the cosmic calendar, which I've done now for 40 years, every word that I choose is deliberately chosen. And I go through it again to edit my own work, to make sure the AMs and the PMs, that the minutes are as accurate, you know, the minutes of time or the hours of time. Everything we have now, thank goodness, is from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It's very exact stuff. And I actually go into the Llewellyn Guide and I often compare it to what I think is the more accurate, the Neil Mickelson uh, American Ephemeris, and I often change by a minute or two some of the some of the information. Apparently not all of this data that you get if you're getting a, a daily guide is the same as say the American Ephemeris, which I think is more accurate. Uh, it should all be coming, they should all be exact times, and they're not always the same. So I often find some um, uh, difference when I go through this. But if you actually saw what I have, the, the reason the Llewellyn Guide is important is it gives me space to add in parallels and contraparallels and quintiles, 72 degree aspects, which are in the cosmic calendar and other kinds. Sometimes I'll mention a novile of 40 degrees, or I'll mention a sesquiquadrate, which is 135 degrees, or semi-square 45 degrees. Those mi so-called minor aspects are not all minor, and they're not included in the Llewellyn Guide. Now, they, like, to be clear, they can't put in as many aspects as I might want to put in the cosmic calendar. But if I actually had to write each cosmic calendar with everything that's going on, then the cosmic calendar references would be so long that maybe people wouldn't want to tune into them. So, at any rate, you've now heard what I have to say here, and it may sound like I'm on a soapbox, and to some extent I am on one. So I wanted this to be reasonably short, and I guess I've shared for about 40-some minutes. It's longer than what I want it to be, but this is a lot shorter than some of the other things. So let me end up, um, at some point, um, I would like to share more about the power of the New York Times from September 18, 1851. There are so... I might write a whole new article or maybe I'll do a part two of the truth about Mercury retrograde now that I've done this because the New York Times has an extraordinary number of alignments that are incredibly powerful. By the way, uh, there was a Sun-Venus conjunction in the for the New York Times. Uh, the Sun at 25 of Virgo for the New York Times is at the Midhaven, the power point at the top of the chart for the United States. There's also a Saturn-Uranus conjunction 
at three degrees of Taurus when the New York Times started, which happens to be the discovery degree of Chiron, which is a key planet discovered um, on November 1 of 1977 of what I call the Twilight Zone, but also shamanism. Uh, Chiron has a lot to do with astrology. It has a lot to do with alternative levels of healing, with ETs, with UFOs, that, with keys that opens doors to higher consciousness and so much more. So there's so many other secrets in all of this that are going on um, in the New York Times chart. And again, in the United States chart where Mercury is uh, retrograde and very powerful. And, and I, I see this all the time. By the way, Nostradamus, this will be another thing that I'll do a podcast on. Born December 24th of 1503, um, Mercury retrograde conjunct his son uh, in Capricorn. And right after his birth, just like we're going to have on January the 23rd, um, on that Sunday when the Sun and Mercury retrograde come together in alignment with the Earth and we have what's called the new Mercury where there's no mention of that this at all in the Wellen calendar. This was when Nostradamus was born in 1503 not only was Mercury retrograde it was approaching a conjunction with the Sun so there would have been an Earth Sun an Earth Mercury retrograde Sun alignment uh, right after he was born in the beginning of Capricorn and he also was born with an almost exact Mercury-Neptune parallel. Why does the person who so many people look back on to say, this person could visualize what was happening in the future? He could see into the future. There are so many documentaries. Years ago, there was one with Orson Welles, where they, it, was a it may still exist on YouTube or somewhere else. And we know that Nostradamus, through the quatrains, this is not fake news or anything, he created in his short life of 50 plus years, he referred to Pasteur with that name um, who lived a couple hundred years in the future in a quatrain that related back to medicine and incredible discovery. He refers to Montgolfier, the person who invented the hot air balloon. He has the name in there who, again, the hot air balloon wasn't invented until a couple of centuries after Nostradamus. He, talk, he mentions the name Franco uh, the dictator of of Spain in the 1930s. He he connects up to Hitler, even though he doesn't give the exact name, but he has a connection to um, uh, what he refers to as an Antichrist figure connected to a Hister River and so on. There are a lot of dates and unusual other things, but to give names out in the future, again, often he's referred to Nostradamus as the man who saw the future. And his life was incredible, what he did in France, his, all the different techniques. And I wrote about Nostradamus. I'll, I'll get back into that. I wrote five articles about Nostradamus and the Antichrist. This was back in the 1980s or 1990s. And I have several of those magazines and I want to refer to them uh, and talk about Nostradamus. But in the uh, Truth About Mercury Retrograde, I add famous people, past and living. I include people like Derek Jeter and Jerry Rice, fantastic baseball and football players who needed to use their hands. Remember, hands, of course, and um, mind-eye coordination uh, to make the double plays for Jerry Rice to catch all those passes uh, from Joe Montana uh, and, and other quarterbacks um, and have these records in terms of touchdown receptions and other people in different fields of life. They're all included. And a lot of astrologers say, oh, well, Mark, that's not the same thing as Mercury retrograde for three weeks. We need to tell people to be cautious and careful that these detrimental things can happen. As though communications 
um, don't fall apart when Mercury's going direct. See, this is the other thing. By the way, there was a quotation that I that I thought that I feel is appropriate here from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. Now, I joke around about it because I don't know what the difference between a hobgoblin and a goblin is, but this goes back to the 1800s. A foolish consistency, in this case, singling out Mercury and saying it has a storm, it's bad, it's going retrograde, be careful, and so on, and then nothing else, there's no warning, there's no storm relating to Venus going retrograde for, for six weeks, which is currently in. What about when Mars goes retrograde, which is going to be in October? Okay, as an example, let's, let me just turn to that area. Um, I think it's in October. Oh, let's see. Wherever it is, uh, it's in October, and there's no reference to it. That's all I can say. There are no notations about a storm relating to Mars. Let me find, okay, it's going to be the end of October. So let me just see here as an example. So look. The consistency that's going on here in, in the Llewellyn Guide is Mercury is being emphasized. And Mercury is very powerful, so I understand that. But just because Mercury is incredibly powerful, should we not be consistent in a bigger way and refer to storms of other celestial bodies? So, for instance, Mars retrograde is mentioned on Sunday, October 30th. And it has the Mars symbol with an RX for, for retrograde. There's no notation of a storm of Mars, of slowing down before it happens or after it happens. Same thing again with Jupiter, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, okay? Uh, these different planets, only with Mercury is this mentioned. Okay, so I think I've made my point here. By the way, two other things here. Again, this is longer than I wanted. The author's note, this is before 911, okay, of September of 2001. This edition came out January of 2001. Author's note, this is when I was presenting the articles that had been in previous issues. So this is what I wrote back in January of 2001. This feature originally appeared in the Libra 1994 and Gemini Cancer 1995 editions. It is presented again with a few changes because of the importance of this subject, which many students of astrology misunderstand. In 2001, Mercury will make three retrograde cycles in the latter part of the air signs, Aquarius, Gemini, and Libra. In effect, the entire pattern will create a grand triangle in the zodiac. Here are the retrograde dates and degree areas. February 3rd to 25th from 0 plus Pisces to 16 degrees Aquarius. Then June 24th to June 28th from 30 Gemini to 22 of Gemini. October 1 to October 22 from 30 Libra to 15 of Libra. Now, again, this is in 2001 that I wrote this eight to nine months before September 11th. Then I wrote, be aware that Mercury Station Direct in late June of 2001 will be exactly conjunct the USA natal Mars, while the Mercury Station Direct in late October 2001 will be united with America's natal Saturn. And then I wrote, these may prove to be intense times throughout the nation and within the government. When the, the first plane hit the first tower at 8.47 in the morning of Tuesday, September 11, 2001, nine months after I wrote this, Mercury was exactly rising in New York City at 15 degrees of Libra, exactly in the United States Saturn. Now, the... My point here is Mercury was going forward. It wasn't going retrograde. It went retrograde from June 4th to the 28th, 
from 30 of Gemini to 22 Gemini. The United States Mars is at 22 Gemini. So it was in June of 2001 that Mercury made a station. It stopped and was energizing the United States Mars at 22 of Gemini. Then after September 11th, from October 1 to the 22nd, Mercury went retrograde from 30 of Libra to 15 of Libra, which hit the United States Saturn. So what Mercury was exactly rising in New York. Mercury has a lot to do with uh, connected with Jupiter. Both of these planets are the rulers in traditional astrology of Gemini Virgo, which is Mercury, and Sagittarius and Pisces, that Jupiter has ruled traditionally two signs. The, the whole gamut of communication and transportation in traditional astrology were ruled by two planets, Mercury and Jupiter. In mythology, Mercury is considered a son of Jupiter, okay, fundamentally. In other words, there's a level of ancestry between a father and a son, so to speak, but they're both considered gods or archetypes on Mount Olympus, and, but they're very connected, and this goes really back to ancient Egypt, not Greece or Rome for the rulership of Mercury ruling Gemini and Virgo, and then Jupiter ruling Sagittarius and Pisces. And by the way, Hermes, the Greek name for Mercury, goes back to Hermes Trismegistus, the thrice great Hermes, connected to the Great Pyramid, to the Sphinx, back to Atlantis, and so many other things. This is another reason why I feel it's a terrible thing for us to be disparaging Mercury. We should be honoring it and we should be recognizing things like when Mercury is stopping exactly that it's powerful. There's no mention of that in this guide. We should also be, we're going to emphasize something and be consistent. We should have all the planetary time periods when planets are slowing down to go retrograde. They should all have their storms, if that's the term people want to use. I think it's a wrong term, but be consistent. Use it for Mars, use it for Venus, use it for Jupiter, use it for Saturn. If you're going to put in notations, don't just put it about Mercury. This, this creates an off-kilter kind of a thing, and it's disparaging to the principle of Mercury itself. Now, maybe I'm on a high horse here because I have Mercury rising. I have Mercury in my first house of self-expression. My Mercury, the reason I'm an astrologer is because I, I learned that Dane Rudyard, who was my main male teacher, when I started reading his books and I felt it was almost a telepathic rapport with him, I thought, what's up here? I'm reading Astrological Signs of the Pulse of Life, The Astrology of Personality, The Lunation Cycle, all these incredible books that were being written 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, and so on, which is in the 50s when I'm born and growing up. And what's going on here? Because it's almost like a telepathy as I'm sort of reading his words. They're resonating very differently than some of the other astrologers. Well, I looked up his chart and his birthday. And I found he has Mercury at five of Pisces. So do I. We have the same Mercury. He became my teacher through Mercury. So I'm sorry if I'm on a high horse here. But we are, you know, we're, all I can tell you is, is that I think it's really important that we be consistent with what we're doing. And we should, we should really relook at the terms we're using. And I would love it if somehow if somebody hears about this, that next year in the Llewellyn Guide and in future editions, they change the term, they take away storm. If you're gonna put notations in, put it in for all the planets if you wanna be consistent. I think that would, would harm everything, but put some extra emphasis to when you have sun conjunct Mercury retrograde or several months later when the sun conjuncts Mercury and it's direct, which is what we call a superior conjunction of sun Mercury, which is called a full Mercury in terms of Rudyard and Dr. Mark Inman Jones. So there's my little spiel there and 
now you also know that nine months before 911, I was already putting out a warning. I wasn't trying to be Nostradamus and say, we're going to have this terrible thing. But Mercury was exactly rising when the first World Trade Center was hit by an airplane. And both communications and transportation are all connected to Mercury and Jupiter. By the way, Jupiter was overhead when that was all happening. And I wrote a whole lot about this in on an old website. I can bring back those articles. The final thing here is, look, I've been doing my own cosmic calendar, and I'm not saying you shouldn't buy the Llewellyn calendar as a guide. That is very useful. But free astrology cosmic calendar with a K, uh, that app, which we've developed, we put a lot of money into trying to create that. I'm not tr saying trying. We It's been created, thanks to my daughter, Katya. And, and this wasn't um, something that we just fell into a bunch of money or something that costs a lot of money to be able to do that. And it's free one day at a time. But for literally pennies a day, you can subscribe for a year, for six months for um, at a time through a credit card. And if you do decide to subscribe, which is we, it used to be $85 for the Cosmic Calendar for a year. Now it's $49.99. It's much lower. And currently there's a heaven knows what report which is in plain English about your birth chart, as well as some major transits that would come as an attachment to email if you decide that you want to subscribe. And by subscribing, it's not one day at a time. You get two, three, or four weeks into the future of the Cosmic Calendar. Back on the Great Bear Enterprise website, just so you know, I created also a one-hour podcast, an audio which you can listen to, The Astrology and the Cosmic Calendar and Why You Need It. So back at greatbearenterprise.com, if you go into the Cosmic Calendar section, you'll also see an in, uh, this little intro where I'm just reading from it right now, where I said podcast, the astrology and the Cosmic Calendar and why you need it. The new podcast provides the history of how the Cosmic Calendar came into being 39 years ago. Well, now it's 40 plus years ago. In 1981, it was originally the centerpiece of my Welcome to Planet Earth astrology newsletter, newspaper, magazine for 20 years from 1981 to 2000. The Astrology Cosmic Calendar is now an app and a collage image of the front covers of Welcome to Planet Earth is provided as an image of um, on our www.greatbearenterprise.com website. Okay, so go to greatbearenterprise.com. I would like all of you listening to this, please consider subscribing rather than just getting it for free. It doesn't cost very much. And you'll see some other information of, of what the Cosmic Calendar is. And remember, in the Cosmic Calendar, as opposed to, say, the, the Llewellyn Guide, you've got conjunctions of the Moon to Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, every single lunar conjunction every month. Some of the major alignments, the stations of Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, and Vesta, some of the other conjunctions that these asteroids are making or that the sun makes, I just had in the cosmic calendar yesterday, the sun and Juno were in a conjunction, and I'm reporting that. That's not reported in, in the Daily Planetary Guide by Llewellyn. It's probably not mentioned in some of the other guides, because I happen to have a great teacher, Eleanor Bach, who started the whole uh, area of exploring the asteroids with the first four. This is back in 1973, and she became such a great teacher for me. Okay, well, this is longer than I want it to be, but it's still a lot shorter um, than what I created at the beginning. So it's a little less than an hour. Please, again, go to the website. It's Podcast 25, The Truth About Mercury Retrograde. You'll, you'll find so much in there. And now you have sort of 
um, the rest of the story here. So um, I appreciate very much your listening to what I'm sharing right now. And I'm not saying that when you go through this current cycle of, of uh, Mercury retrograde that you should let your guard down. There are a lot of things to review and reflect and reevaluate when any planet is going in reverse. But we should be honoring the planet. We should not be afraid. One of the reasons I'm here, this incarnation around, based on my own chart, is I've got to be able to share hope, which is more of a Jupiterian principle, rather than the old shadow side of Saturn. Saturn doesn't have to rule fear. It doesn't have to rule blocks. It doesn't have to rule frustrations and delays. That's part of the traditional terminology of Saturn. Just like Jupiter has a lot to do with providence and benevolence, the power of positive thinking, and the principle of hope and faith and trust. Not all the time. Jupiter doesn't always reward a person in, in that way. Um, but nevertheless, the process of being hopeful and the, the ability to avoid falling into what I would say is falling into shadow as in The Lord of the Rings. That was a terminology used in those three great movies based on the incredible book. Um, so The Lord of the Rings, that term falling into shadow, sometimes I'll use that term in the cosmic calendar. I, I'll often use it if there's a strong Saturn alignment. It's rare that I would use it for anything like Mercury's going retrograde and say falling into shadow. I usually will look at it more as a slow moving um, outer planet like a Saturn or a Pluto or something like that. Now, every astrologer is different. So yes, should we be aware that Mercury has these three week retrograde cycles and they happen a lot more frequently than the other planets? Absolutely. But the terminology that we're using, we're assuming things, as I said before, that direct motion happens to be favorable. Well, look, Mercury goes forward or direct maybe 84 to 83% of the time. Are you telling me there are no communication failures? There are no transportation failures? We don't have medical problems? The 800,000 Americans who have passed away either directly from the coronavirus or because the coronavirus has... Uh, emphasize things of heart conditions or cancer or uh, whatever the, the problems may be. So we, it may not just be due to a coronavirus. People going into a hospital, people going into ERs, people getting diagnosis. Most of the time, Mercury is direct. You, it can't possibly be that when Mercury is retrograde, that's when all the slew of things become so detrimental, so problematic. We're overemphasizing something that isn't accurate. So Communication breakdowns, snafus, different kinds of things happen when Mercury is going direct as well as retrograde. And when a planet is retrograde, in many ways, it's in its own element. It's no longer saying, hey, just because the sun and moon are going to move forward all the time, periodically, I'm going to sort of step out of that rhythm. I'm going to gather my own resources in my own way. That's what retrogradation is where the planet, whether it's Mercury, Venus, or whatever it is, is basically saying or communicating to the sun and moon, look, I will join up with you later on. Um, you know, you've got my allegiance, you've got my loyalty, so to speak, but we're all part of a solar system. And because of the structure of the solar system, and the earth is 93 million miles from the sun, every so often, every single planet, every single one of them, every single asteroid, every single centaur, every planet beyond Pluto, will, for X number of so many days and weeks or months go in reverse. But reverse or retrograde should not be seen as negative. 
And we have a lot, like for instance, one other thing I would mention is when you emphasize Mercury retrograde being potentially detrimental or it's like a, ret it, uh, like a storm is like a retrograde cycle and so on, and you got to be more careful with all these different things. What then happens is by emphasizing that and not emphasizing all the other times that Mercury, for instance, I don't see references in the Llewellyn Guide on the days that say Mercury is squaring Saturn or Mercury is opposite Pluto or Mercury uh, is, is doing something that is detrimental or that we would say is traditionally associated with a, like for instance, Mercury and Mars will often square each other. They'll go opposite each other. They'll make a conjunction. There's no emphasis in, in the Llewellyn Guide to the potential problems, the breakdowns of communication. The, for instance, when Mercury and Mars are contacting each other, should we not have a note saying, watch out for anger, watch out for volatility? What about Mercury and Saturn? For instance, Mercury, if you, right now when I'm doing this, Mercury is approaching a conjunction with Saturn. Guess what? It won't happen. The reason it won't happen is Mercury is slowing down. But right now, Mercury is within a couple of degrees of Saturn. They were exactly setting as I started to do this update. But the three degrees of difference won't, won't allow Mercury to get to Saturn until March the 2nd. So that's another thing. But is that, a, is that bad or it's negative? Not necessarily at all. We will have a Mercury-Saturn conjunction on um, the, the uh, March the 2nd. But maybe in the Lone Guide, there should be a notation saying, if you're expecting Mercury and Saturn to come into a conjunction in the next couple of hours, the next couple of days, you're sadly mistaken because Mercury, because it's slowing down, even though it looks like it's about to come into a conjunction with Saturn, that's going to get delayed until March 2nd and have an explanation on that. Now, I'm giving you the explanation explanation. In my cosmic calendar, I can articulate some of these things that are not in the Llewellyn Guide. Again, the Llewellyn Guide is a lot of fantastic information and all the write-up before the actual dates in there where you can, you know, put in your assignments and your plans and so on. There's a tremendous amount that Kim and other people are sharing that's well worth reading and important information. So as a whole, all of this is fantastic. My concern is the inconsistency here. Um, you know, all planets, if you're going to have the term storm, there should be storms for everything. And Mercury should not be singled out because by singling it out, um, we put too much emphasis on the retrograde is negative, not the power of the stations, as I've been saying. I know I'm repeating myself to some extent, but um, this, is, this is an unfortunate thing in astrology. And I would love to see some of this getting changed. And I, I doubt whether it will, but I'm going to stay hopeful that maybe, you know, there'll be some... Um, attention to this and a term could be changed. The word storm could be changed. Maybe the notations might be removed um, and something else be presented, you know, within this guide and other kinds of guides where Mercury is not the poster boy for all kinds of negativity simply because it happens more frequently and Mercury happens to be the key planet of communication, writing, words, language, and so many other things which are all involved with the five senses. So Mercury is very, very persuasive, uh, I shouldn't say persuasive, but it's part of all of our lives. Okay, Mercury is very underrated in terms of its significance, in terms of everything that we do and how we perceive the universe. And that's why I feel it's really unfortunate that it's been either trivialized or reduced into this negativity as we're seeing on TV and in different places. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a TV program or something, somebody will make a sort of uh, smarmy, uh, reference to Mercury being retrograde, and now we have what is, can only be called a thought form 
that's an illusion um, and a glamour that isn't true. Okay, that isn't true. That's the thing that's important. We need to redefine some of these terms in astrology or let go of some of them and reimagine what this is all about and also realize that the Earth is part of the solar system and all these retrograde energies, including things like um, conjunctions of Sun and Mercury, when, whether Mercury's retrograde or direct, and we give them the emphasis as well as the stations of Mercury and other planets when they're extraordinarily uh, potent and put some references into a guide saying, wow, this is an important day. Here are the keynotes. This is what I do in the cosmic calendar. Every time there's a station of a celestial body, I'm giving all the keynotes. You'll never see that in the Luan guide on that daily uh, basis. You'll just see D for direct or R for retrograde and the fact that the planet isn't moving. But they're not giving you directly on that day. Here are the keynotes that you can stay positive and utilize this planet and its energies for the good rather than something challenging. Okay, I'm off the soapbox, dropping the microphone. Take good care, everybody. I hope you will go to our website. Think about joining up with the classes, uh, subscribing to the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, getting into some of these astrology reports. If you order any astrology reports, there is a discount. There's a code in there right now, which is January 22, to get a discount for individual reports. And we have our three-in-one specials, Sky Within, Numerology, and a Year of Skylog which is only $89.99. Normally, it's $135 to $150 to energize 2022. These, are, these reports in the astrology sh shop, in the astrology report area, can really energize your positive thinking for the new year and for taking charge of your life in a whole dramatic way. And there's also one that's more on the feminine side of things, just for women, four asteroids and Chiron, also with the one-year Skylog. Again, these are for $89 already reduced. Uh, so many other things on the website that are complimentary, global hotspots, the Earth Aquarius news section, Astro business keys, these are all complimentary. So there's plenty of complimentary areas on the website, but your support with orders can be extremely important, particularly when Mercury is retrograde. Often it's a time when people say, well, I don't want to order this, I don't want to order that, maybe there'll be a mistake. Um, this is the kind of thing that happens. I've noticed this for decades, actually, that when Mercury goes retrograde, um, this goes back to when we, we even had Welcome to Planet Earth as a newspaper and magazine, even before email, that there'd be a drop-off because people would be saying, oh, well, Mercury's retrograde, so I'm not going to place my order for A, B, and C because there could be a mistake or I may not get it in the mail or it's not going to be correct and so on. These are all misnomers. They're all inaccuracies. That's not true. Mercury is still Mercury, whether it's going direct, whether it's going retrograde, and particularly when it's stationary and not moving, the power of Mercury is incredibly powerful. Again, when you listen to the truth about Mercury retrograde, that original one, there are all these famous people in there, all having Mercury retrograde. By the way, Albert Einstein, who is a particular uh, hero of mine for many different reasons, I happen to be born with the Sun in Pisces and a Sagittarius Moon, the same phase that he was born in, he was born with Mercury conjunct Saturn. And when you think of E equals MC squared and you think of his brilliant mind and all the other things that he did, Mercury conjunct Saturn, beginning of Aries, it's, you see it in the chart within one degree. However, he also has Sedna there, which is a planet that has 11,400 year orbit. I've shared a lot about Sedna, its discovery back in uh, November of 2003 when it was in Taurus. And, uh, Sedna is still in Taurus because it's so slow moving and currently we have Ceres conjunct Sedna in the North Node 
And the part of fortune, which comes out of Arabic uh, astrology from a thousand years ago, where they did all this mathematical work, the part of life, the part of death, the part of marriage, the part of fortune. So most astrologers still work with the part of fortune as I do, which is a synthesis of sun, moon, and ascendant. And it turns out, because Albert Einstein has a pretty accurate birth time, that his part of fortune or synthesis of sun, moon, ascendant is conjunct his Sedna, which is conjunct his Mercury, which is conjunct his Saturn. So I'll leave on that note. We have to look at Mercury in its profound aspects. We can't overemphasize things like it's going retrograde, retrogradation is bad or it's negative, and then make all of these assumptions, including something called the storm, because it happens to be slowing down. We need to rethink what this is all about, which is a positive use of Mercury, in my personal opinion. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Many blessings to all of you, and bye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.